Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of Leverage 2 Market Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here today with Robbie Kellen-Baxter, the author of the Amazon hot new release, The Membership Economy, Find Your Super Users, Master the Forever Transaction, and Build Recurring Revenue. Robbie's the founder of Peninsula Strategies, a strategy consulting firm. Her clients have included large organizations like Netflix, SurveyMonkey, and Yahoo, as well as smaller venture-backed startups. Over the course of her career, Robbie has worked in or consulted to clients in more than 20 industries. Before starting Peninsula Strategy, she served as a New York City Urban Fellow, a consultant at Booz Allen and Hamilton, and a Silicon Valley product marketer. Welcome, Robbie. Thanks, Linda. I'm so glad to be here. Robbie, you created this, what's become a popular business term, membership economy. Tell us a little bit about what is a membership economy and why is this so important and so hot all of a sudden? Yeah, the membership economy is a term that I coined in response to seeing a massive transformational trend across a really wide variety of organizations. It's about a move from ownership to access and from the transactional to the relational. And finally, it's about a, something that you talk about in your book, Linda, a move from one-way communication to multi-directional communication and even communication among customers under the umbrella of the organization. It's really about the transaction being the starting line and not the finish line. Interesting. So why is this happening now? Why, why do you think this is all of a sudden getting such traction? Well, it's funny, Linda, because I think organizations have always loved membership models because of the recurring revenue. And consumers and B2B customers, who in fact are just human beings at work, have always loved being members of organizations that they cared about because of the sense of belonging it gives them and the sense of insurance that their needs are going to be taken care of. So that's not new, but what's new is that technology is extending the infrastructure of trust. You need trust in order to have ongoing relationships with people. And so historically, membership organizations had to rely on personal one-to-one -one relationships. Whereas now, with the rise of mobile devices, always-on technology, the declining costs of storage, the ability to analyze big data and better understand specific customers' needs, all of those things are making it easier for us to develop authentic relationships with customers across time and space. This is fascinating because we, we've had traditionally organizations that were membership-focused, like I think of AAA, right? You're a member, your car breaks down, they come and get you, or you belong to associations, or maybe you belong to a church or a synagogue or something like that. But what you're talking about is businesses that are not traditionally have not been built on that type of membership type of thing, turning into membership organizations in a sense and running their business that way. Yeah, absolutely. So what's happening is organizations that thought they were limited to just being transactional are now seeing opportunities to rethink their relationship 
and build ongoing formal relationships with their customers. And we've seen it in places like, um, well, first with Netflix, who was you know the, really the first company that I noticed participating in the membership economy. Uh, we're seeing it in software companies like Salesforce. We're also seeing it in, in organizations that provide access to um, the most expensive products that most consumers generally buy, things like cars, um, houses, uh, big, big high investment purchases that are now available on an access and sharing model. So something like Zipcar or Airbnb, those types of things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what does this membership economy mean for us as marketers? How is this different than the way we used to go out and market you know, a car or a house or, or travel or whatever? Well, I think it, it has a pretty significant impact on what it means to be a marketer, Linda. And some of these ideas, I think, dovetail um, with your ideas in marketing above the noise. But, but marketing is really a lot more than just, you know, spray and pray or focus on acquisition and, and throw it over the fence, throw the leads over the fence and don't worry about what happens later. And it's really, you know, that's, that's kind of marketing getting a bad rap. And marketing at its best is about product market fit. It's about making sure that the services and products and offerings that you're providing are aligned with what the customers really want and that they continue to evolve to meet those changing needs. So understanding the customer and understanding the market and bringing that information back into the organization on an ongoing basis is more important than ever. And that's really the domain of the marketer. And it doesn't just stop at the point of transaction. So it used to be that a lot of marketing was focused on awareness and acquisition, and that was where budgets were spent. And now we're seeing a lot of those resources being directed toward the other side of marketing, which is around retention, engagement, uh, increasing, increasing the scope and depth of the relationship. And that opens up a lot of new areas of responsibility for the marketers. I love that because, as you said, these are concepts I talk about in my book, uh, Marketing Above the Noise, because we've been so focused on acquisition that we haven't thought about retention and we haven't thought about this lifetime value of a customer. What can the customer get from us over a period of time and what do we need to do with the customer to, to make that happen? So I agree. It's, I think it's fantastic that, that you're focusing on this and that companies are focusing on this. But how does this whole funnel about acquiring customers change in this new membership economy? Well, I think of the funnel as evolving into more of an hourglass. Ah. Um, and so, you know, you still have that narrow point, which used to be the bottom of the funnel, where the transaction takes place. Um, but in, in the membership economy, as, as I've said before, that's the starting point, not the finish line. And so it opens the opportunities for a relationship open up from that point in terms of uh, the recurring revenue model and kind of the ongoing revenue that you can expect from that customer. It's not just the, the revenue that changes hands at the moment of transaction. It's all those months and all those years, and maybe it's them upgrading to a higher level of, of service or buying ancillary products and services from you. And it's also about that, customer's, that customer acting as a marketing channel. So they may be actually bringing in new customers. 
um, through through advocacy, through referrals, through recommendations. And so the opportunity for any one customer to have a really big impact on the organization is increasing. Interesting. And even customers who may not appear to be large customers to start with may be more important than many organizations think because of their influence and because who they talk to and because they can whatever you do gets kind of replicated around the entire uh, ecosystem of other customers and prospects, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I talked uh, several years ago now to uh, the company Hightail, uh, which used to be called Descendit, and I was also working with Zoomerang, which is now part of SurveyMonkey, two early SaaS businesses. Um, and they both talked about the idea of their free customers. So as you said, the, the least, you know, what would appear to be the least financially important of, of their customers, the ones that are right. never paying anything, as being really important marketing channels. Because in the course of using this free product, they were actually reaching out and touching potential new customers who were willing to pay. Absolutely. Yep. And I think that's that's so fascinating. And a lot of the examples we've been talking about are consumer examples, but can you give us some examples that are more B2B? And, and Because I know this membership economy goes beyond just the B2C business-to-consumer marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so so – SurveyMonkey, Hightail, you know, those are those are two companies that, you know, people talk about the consumerization of the enterprise. You know, both of them sell to businesses, but they have always recognized that the the people at the businesses are actually people. They're not right. businesses. And so while they they treat them like individuals, they recognize them, they give them feedback. Um that is a B2B. Those are B2B organizations. If you want to think about, you know, higher ticket items, more traditional B2Bs, Salesforce is is a great example of of a company that truly has a membership model. Um, people subscribe for access. You know, they have the big no software right. uh, mantra. Um, people people subscribe, and then on top of the subscription, they have very active communities, and they have super users. They call them MVPs who actually get a special designation uh, for showing leadership in the, com in the customer community. And that's, I think that's fascinating because, yes, yeah, Salesforce.com has, has certainly changed that entire model. Uh, and they, have, they now have this huge, again, ecosystem of partners and developers and people that work with Salesforce. So you can take it, you can customize it, you can get whatever you want, but you belong. You you pay a membership fee. You don't buy the software and go away. And right. I think that was a huge difference when that first came out. Yeah, and what's what's really interesting to me, Linda, is that people, you know, the, the Salesforce administrators, I think many of them associate more closely with Salesforce than they do with their employers. Interesting. Interesting. So the the community is really building around Salesforce. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's the same. I mean, the same is true of um, of a lot of our. I mean, Marketo has sort of the same the same thing happening. Sure, they have the marketing nation. Yep. Marketing nation. And yesterday, yep. I was I was speaking at um, at Gainsight's um, event, the the Pulse conference, and it was all customer success professionals that use the Gainsight product, talking about retention and um, engagement. And you know, you see how 
they're really affiliating around around the brand of of this company first with the subscription uh, payments but but more importantly with this this actual live community of people who get together and help each other be more effective at work and I think this is so important. I talk about this in my book as well the importance of content and conversation and community and it's not necessarily each of us as marketers building a new community, but finding where the communities are and showing there and being there with the right content and having the conversations with the right people. Absolutely. So tell me, a lot of just about all of the companies we've talked about so far are Silicon Valley based, and certainly there are tons of organizations, companies here in Silicon Valley that are, are membership economy focused. But does this go beyond there? Is this do you see widespread implications beyond the? Silicon Valley and, and, you know, information economy type of companies? Where else do you see this happening? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a great question, Linda, and it's funny because, and I think, um, you know, when you, you might remember this, that when I, when I started writing the book, um, The Membership Economy, I was very focused on Silicon Valley companies and especially yep. two kinds, the, the subscription, online subscription businesses and online communities. But... I had this nagging feeling that there were organizations that did not grow up in Silicon Valley that were using membership models, like um, you know the nonprofit AAA that you mentioned, and other nonprofits, uh, the AARP, Sierra Club, uh, Tiny Little Apo, the American uh, the Association of Photo Organizers. You know they were all using these principles too. And then I started talking to professional associations in Washington D.C. You know, the National Restaurant Association, the American Geophysical Union, this Association of Direct Marketers, all of these groups were applying the same principles and had these opportunities. And I saw these similarities across these organizations. And I also saw it with businesses that were far from Silicon Valley. Weight Watchers has always had a membership model. you know, when I tell people the book's name, The Membership Economy, the first thing people usually say to me is membership has its privileges. Right. So American, American Express, Express. yes. Has a, you know, has always invested in membership. So, you know, the more, the deeper I got into my research, the more I saw that this was, you know, a massive transformation that went well beyond Silicon Valley. I, and I absolutely agree. I mean, and, and you think about that, and and certainly, even though there are organizations such as nonprofits and trade associations have always been membership focused, the way they look at membership today has to be very different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've been talking with um, with Robbie Kellen Baxter. Robbie is the author of the new bestseller. Uh, which is called The Membership Economy, Find Your Super Users, Master the Forever Transaction, and Build Recurring Revenue. Robbie, tell us how people would find out more about the book and about what you do. The best way is to go to www.membershipeconomy.com, which is the name of the book, uh, or they can go to www.peninsulastrategies.com, which is my website, um, and they can follow me on Twitter, Robbie Bax, or on Facebook at the Membership Economy book page. Excellent. Lots of ways to uh, to engage with Robbie and uh, and find out more about membership and how it can help your organization. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Linda. It's always a lot of fun talking to you. Great. So this is Linda Popke. Until next time, thank you for listening to Marketing Thought Leadership. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by Leverage 2 Market Associates. If you'd like to find out how powerful marketing results can transform your organization, 
Contact us at www.leverage2market.com.